but it's kind of prideful, right? Like if somebody's telling you how to correct something that you built, it's like you have to be mature enough to take it, to listen and take that yeah. criticism and move forward with it. Yeah. Because it's coming from a good space. Yes. My whole company has changed. I'm happier. Uh, they really like guided me much better. Carillo also, you know, really like focus on this, this, and this, and you'll be great. You know what I'm saying? Even if you make 10,000 cigars a day, you'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so it's like, and that's what I'm doing. Now I don't care if I only, I make 15,000 cigars a day. Okay. I'm it's doing, not a numbers race. It's not a numbers race. No. Now it's like, it's not about volume anymore. It's about quality now. Yeah. So now we're here. Yeah, it's about quality. Now we're here. Provide quality. Don't provide croquetas. Do quality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't be a Budweiser. Right. Budweiser is already a Budweiser. You know, you know, be. Uh, well, you're kind of being Budweiser because you know that every time I pick up this 10th anniversary, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. It's not going to change on me. Mm-hmm. Hey, you cracked a Budweiser and it tastes like an IPA. Whoa. Wrong beer. There's a story inside every smoke shop with every cigar and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Boveda. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne. I'm at 2021's PCA trade show, and I'm sitting down with Abe Flores of PDR Cigars. Abe, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, man. This has been a long time coming. Yes. Yeah, yes. you've been you've been a For My Humidor poster uh, campaigner for many, many years. Yes. And we every time I see you at a trade show like this, I'm like, Abe, I got to get you on the show. And you go, yeah, anytime. And then next time, Abe, I got to get you on the show. Yeah, anytime. I'm still here, Rob. <laughs> so I apologize. Long time overdue. But thank you so much for making time oh, for me. No problem, my friend. Yeah. We both sound like Barry White him more than me it's vegas it's dry air something in it we're, we're gonna make it buddy yes. we're gonna make it yes i don't know what it is it's just dry air dry everything it doesn't help that you we smoke a lot of cigars too so yeah yeah that's that, that it's not the no, cigars no no Never the cigars. no Never, no no yeah i'm all stuffed up because i'm retrohaling 16 cigars a day oh yeah. That's normal. It's like, <laughs> that's, do you a, ever, that's a normal day at the but factory. But you don't get like this when you're at the factory tasting blends, do you? No, at all. Why? Because it's humid. Because it's, it's humid. Yes. It's the Dominican Republic. Because you actually have moisture to go back into yes. those vocal cords. Yeah, this is the all. desert. <laughs> Who wants to live here? I, I don't know. I, dude, I, it's Not insane. me. It's insane. You go outside of Las Vegas at all, and it's like, I'm like, I one time went to visit a friend of mine. As a house a little bit out, and once I saw the highway and I saw, how, I'm like, how plain and flat. I'm like, oh my god, why you want to live here? And you see the heat coming oh, up yeah, off, the off, off the asphalt. asphalt, and it looks like a mirage. Like the the highway's going to end, 50 feet in front of me. Yeah, but it's just a mirage of the heat coming off. It looks like it's bending the highway to the left yeah. and to the right. Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> why you want to live here? It's insane. You can fry an egg if we go outside right now and crack an egg on a pan. It's 117 degrees. It'll eventually fry. Yeah, you don't need a you don't need a kitchen. <laughs> you don't need a kitchen. The other day, I was sitting in a in a courtyard of a restaurant, and mm-hmm. it was you know a full building courtyard, not a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. When the wind kicked up, it felt like somebody opened the oven door and blew hot air all over my face. 
Made me want, it literally made me want to get up and go, no thank you. It's insane. insane. But I suffered and I smoked another cigar through it (laughs) because I didn't have enough. Yeah. During the day. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, let's be real. You can never have enough. No, you can never have enough cigars. Like, I, you came over early. It's like, hey, you're going to smoke a cigar? Like, no, no, no. And I'm, fu- I'm smoking a cigar. <laughs> like, that's in my... I'm like, I should stop. But I'm like... I should, that's, that's but not, I, but that's I can't. Not, I just can't. I just can't. It's part of the culture. It's I part of what we're doing here. Yeah. It's okay. I just like, oh, no, I'm not smoking. It's like, okay. And I'm like, I'm smoking. I'm like, yep. something's yep. wrong with me. I don't yeah. know. And I didn't even have to twist your arm to do it. Like, this is the... The 10th anniversary. So this is the reblended 10th anniversary. I mean, it's Filito Cubano, Habano in, inside. Uh, I love Habano. Ligero. It's from uh, Navarrete, Leo Reyes. So, and then the, the binder itself, is a, it's a Habano C2 from the DR. And the wrapper is from actually David Perez from uh, Ecuador. Yeah? ASP, yeah. It's very good. Very good. Yeah, I mean, look at look how that... The burn and the whiteness on it. It's great. You know who I just had on the show? I had Storm Bowen from uh, Cigars for Warriors. Mm-hmm. And didn't you make that cigar, the Hireman Solomon cigar? Yes, I did. It was yeah, that great, was a good cigar, man. Thank you, thank you. Nice job. Uh, that's actually, uh, they're, they're great people. I mean, Oh, my uh, God, yeah. Fod and, and Romy are great. Great. I mean, I've met them many years before. Fod, before he got married, Actually, I think I tell him he's actually better now since he's been married. Oh yeah, because she like elevates him yes. in a way, makes him look a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. She's more high class. <laughs> I don't know right. what it is about her. She's awesome. So he's like he's really like more like experimental and like really want to like they really get down and dirty and like she's a she's not a regular woman, man. She's like she really understands taste and flavoring. Yeah. So other other people have given cigars and blends blends. They like smoke it like oh it's good or bad. No, she like really like looks for certain characteristics in tobacco that she wants in her cigar. Like she knows I smoke a lot of Cubans, and I and and I look for old Cubans when I go to Europe, and I usually go to Spain because Spain is really where they have the most amount of old Cubans. I went and I bought a ton of old Cubans. Old Cubans in Spain. Yeah. You, go, you go to Madrid, you got uh, uh, Tomasito in, 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 in Barcelona. In, uh, uh, um, uh, Georgie in Barcelona. You go to Jorge, uh, George, uh, uh, go to him, and you just tell him, I don't want the, I want the old stuff. Yeah. And they pull it out from the back. Yeah, open up the bottom shelves. Give me the bottom shelf. <laughs> I want the stuff of five, six years old because the new stuff, no. Cuban cigars are great. When aged. When it's aged. Because they don't ferment really that much the tobacco. No. You know, they can't. They can't. They need, it's they like, need money. It's printing money over it's there. It's printing money. It's Budweiser. They need to print <laughs> it. They need to get it out. But they certain, that's the reason like people, aficionados, look for screaming cigars because they look for box dates. Oh, it's yeah. like wine. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Vintage. Very vintage. Like, they know, okay, no, this batch. 2016 like, was great. Yeah. For, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're like, oh, 1996. Uh, uh Particles D, you know, D4, like this, you know. Or, and uh, this size. This size, Monty number two yeah. size. or uh, And the, the area. Yeah. What what factory rolled that? What factory that? at that time? Yeah, yeah, they changed yeah. it. Oh, no, it wasn't Laguito, no. But now they, they changed the P9. Now they, we're really geeking out. They're getting dirty. Like, they, they know this 
it like down and deep because they know that's going to be a good cigar. Everything else right. is crap. Yeah. Literally. Well, Literally. it's still great cigars, but for the geek geek, geek that geek. wants that, they like, yeah, they're like, no, I'm not going to invest in that. I'm not going to invest <laughs> in that. So it's like they know. So like when I, go to, when I, when I went to Cuba for the festival, like I, I knew this Russian girl who's a, who's a sommelier, a vinyl sommelier. She's like, all right. I'm like, what cigar should I smoke? She's like, okay. It's like, you're not going to find anything old in Cuba. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? The Casas, the Casas won't have it. But if you're going to smoke anything, smoke the Corona, uh, uh, Corona, uh, Sancho Panza, or the Bellicoso Sancho Panza, uh, Ramon Aliones Corona. Uh, and then she said, maybe, maybe you can do like, she said like uh, a party against like the Petit Bellicoso they did. Everything else is too fresh. I'm like, all right. Good, like, to, good to have I, her advice. And I was like, oh my god! And I did. And then I tried something else. I was like, oh my god, it's horrible. And I look at the box. Says, this was just packed like a week ago. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's a, and it's like, and like, why? It's like, you know why those are better because they last longer. People don't smoke those sizes. They're odd sizes. And I'm like, oh, and they sit longer. If you notice bellicoso sales, nobody's smoking bellicosos anymore. Really. Very I don't. Good. I guess from a manufacturer's side, you would know that, but I don't know that. When was the last time you smoked a Bellicoso? Yeah, yeah. You had to think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, right? Or if I have smoked it, it's been rolled for like a long time. Yeah. It's been aged. Yeah. Why is that? They just that size is not popular, huh? I don't know what it is. Things go through fads, man. Sure. It's like at one point, like Lanceros were hot. Oh, yeah, like two years ago. Yeah. Now, that, that goes into little pops up and down. Right. Also. And then, uh, like, Coronas. Oh, Coronas are getting up again. It's a great size, though. I love Coronas. Coronas is just perfect. Yeah. 42, ring yeah. gauge. 42. 44. Yeah, 44. But that's it. I mean, bellicosas are dead. They don't, they don't make belly, belly. I mean, I took out all the bellies out of my, my, all my lines. It makes no sense. They were just sitting around. And the funny thing is, once I killed it, I had like one shop call me up and say, God, I need some bellicose. I'm like, what? You haven't <laughs> ordered like in a year. I got 27 boxes sitting over here for you, no. and that's it. No, yeah, well, yeah, we had some, and he bought whatever we had. And then yeah. he's like, oh, I need more. I was like, I took it out. I'm out. I'm out. Now those molds will just sit blank. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I mean, you could do a shop exclusive for them. We're living in a very weird time right now. Why you say that? You know, production-wise, I used to make like thirty thousand cigars a day, thirty to four, thirty-five thousand a day. Then COVID hit, and we were closed for like almost four months. I had furlough, let go most of my factory because I didn't, I we didn't know what we were going to open right. up. When we opened up again, they let us in like slowly, like ten people at a time, and people are not going to sit there and waiting, you know. And they start giving this money to the to the people, like unemployment called Fasin and DR. So the people started getting money. So they don't want to come back. So we it's been very hard getting rollers and people to come back and and like now we're getting to fifteen thousand cigars a day. My and then the problem is you were rolling less. I'm not the only one with that problem. All the other manufacturers are going through the same thing. So not there there's a high demand. More people were at home smoking more. It's a big demand for cigars. It's like a boom. Right. We can't keep up. And we can't produce enough. When do you think it's really going to come to like a total 
the consumer is going to find out that they can't get what they want, and the manufacturer is going to say, "I'm at, I'm at way over max." Is it going to be in the next twelve months, or the next twenty-four months? I think in the next two years. Two years. Yeah, but then the demand will definitely will start going down because more people are going to start going to work. You know, within a couple of years, a lot of. But do you think that's going to change? The way that they smoke cigars. The, to me, the only reason people started smoking more cigars is because they have more time on their hands because they stopped all the social engagements that prohibited the smoking of cigars. You're not going out to restaurants that you can't go smoke at. The kids aren't going to soccer this weekend because they, they can. can't play soccer. Now, the family life is going to come back, but are they going to give up cigars for the social life? I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I, I don't. Think once, I think you don't what? I don't give up my social life for not enjoying cigars. I will go to a restaurant that has a patio that I can smoke at now. Oh. I will go somewhere purposefully so I can enjoy a cigar while I'm there. Because now the wager has been shown to me that I enjoy cigars more then I enjoy the social aspect of being out in public and hanging out with friends at non-cigar friendly areas. For me, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Um, the, the Dominican Republic, I don't eat at restaurants where I can't smoke. Well, in the DR, that's like everywhere, isn't no, it? Really? Not there are areas that you cannot there smoke. There are restaurants, because when you go, we take you where you think everywhere, no. For, 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 I would have thought everywhere. No, because we were taking you, you're hanging out with cigar people and, we, and and, and you already know. And we know where we're going to take you. Right. Yeah. So same thing would happen to me. If you came to Maple, uh, Minneapolis, I'd be like, here's where we're going to go. And you'd be like, great, there's no smoking band here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's all, there is. Yeah. I, A big one. There is places where you can't smoke cigars at all. Literally. So wow. I don't go to restaurants. That, I got a friend of mine open has a restaurant. He's like, yo, you don't ever come and smoke. You never come to eat here. I'm like, where I can't smoke. Right. It's like, you don't bring your friends or customers, like, I can't smoke. Open up a patio or something. He had to open up a patio. He had to rent the space next and, and open up a, a patio. His wife didn't want him. And once he did, I said, you do that, your sales are going to go up. Yeah. You're in Santiago. Most people are in tobacco. It's like, oh. His wife yelled at him. Once he did that, it's like, I should have done this like five years ago, like I told you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You owe me money now. <laughs> now I get to rent that for free. <laughs> Have a little party yeah. on your dime. They give me a discount. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Discount's called free. Uh, discount, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for free. But yeah, he's doing, he's there. There's places that I just don't, uh, a friend of mine is like, oh, I'm looking about, about buying um, a condo on the beach in, in Santiago, in the Dominican Republic. I was like, all right. Buy and he's like telling me, oh, I'm looking at this place. I'm like, don't, don't buy. Can't it smoke cigars there. I was like, you can't smoke cigars there. He's like, what? I thought you, again. He's like, I thought you could smoke anywhere in the DR. He's like, nope, it's not like that. Especially we just, we with just, associations. Exactly. We take you to places where you can smoke. Now call this lady, this realtor, and tell her you are a smoker and you want to go to a place where you can smoke at the pool. These are the places. Your options only two locations. He's buying a house or a condo yes. based on being able to smoke at it. I, that's what I, told I him. absolutely love it. Yeah, I don't. That's, you got to be able to smoke. You're a cigar smoker. When you go down the hood, you're gonna come with cigar smokers. What? Oh yeah, if you want to hang out with your wife and a bunch of girls? Yeah, no problem. Who you even go, knew? What are you gonna do? 
Yes. No, it's not worth it. You know, I just moved to a new condo because back in the day, uh, it was Lito Gomez living there. Tony lived there. Uh, a bunch of cigar people got, got some junk right. cigar. I've been there for almost 10 years. But back then, it was like 80% cigar people. And we all used to like sit around in the back. We had a pool area and smoke. Once they all moved out and all these other people were moving in, like New Yorkers and like whatever, none of them smoke. I'm like the only one that smokes. They decided to like get rid of the, the pool or something or whatever. And they cl- did a thing for kids. And that's fine for the kids. No smoking area. And they got smoking signs. Oh, you can't smoke here. You can't. I'm like... I'm out. I'm out. Hochi just built a tower, 80%. Like, Klaus, uh, Klaus uh, Kellner lives there. He's my neighbor. 80% cigar people in there. I'm like, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, pool, cl- smoking area, closed in with AC, outside smoking area. I'm like... Love it. I'm like, yeah. Hochi was like, he was like, oh, go over there. It's like, it's like, I didn't look at the apartment. I was just like, where can I smoke? It's like, oh, yeah, that's what... Uh, I'm not showing me the apartment. Has a balcony. I can smoke on my back and like, yeah, yeah. Like, All right, where's the paperwork? Yeah, you know? I'll do it. I'll do it. Sign me up. I'm signed. I'm, I'm in. I'm going to put my apartment on Airbnb and get the hell. I'm moving down. That's what I'm doing. It's not worth it. No. Yeah, I got to smoke, you know? It's too much part of the lifestyle. Oh, shit. My first wife, I was I'm married twice. My first wife's Dominican. She didn't smoke. Worst 12 years of my life. Second wife, she's Nicaraguan. Met her in the DR, in Nicaragua. She was like a roller. Smokes. Happy ever since. Yeah. Happy ever since. You got to find things in common. Right. You know? Or you could be with a woman. That's, it's okay with you smoking. You know? There's right. There's women who are like She that. doesn't have to smoke. My wife doesn't smoke, but she's okay. Okay that you smoke. With me smoking. Yeah. Not like, oh, my God, you smell. Or, oh, put your clothes in a bag. Like, look, things like that. She would do that to me. I'm like, what? It's my house. Put my clothes in a bag. Yeah. You have to undress in the garage, by the way, and then come in. It's like, yeah. nah, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. Nah. nah. So, nah, ain't happening. Yeah. It's quality of life. Quality of life. It's a good quality of life with the cigar in hand, yeah. in my opinion. That's yeah. the way I enjoy it. That's the way I'm sure a lot of our listeners enjoy it as well. PDR Cigars. Yeah. What does it stand for? Now it stands for Puro's, Puro Dominican Republic. What did it stand for before? Pinay de Rio. Pinay de Rio is the region of Cuba where most of the tobacco seeds have, you know, the best tobacco seeds have come from. So when I started like 17 years ago, I always smoked cigars and I'm Dominican. And I was very into like Cuban and Cuban technique and uh, the whole historical portion of, 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 of tobacco. Sure. And most of the tobacco seeds the good ones, Corojo, Corojo 99, uh, Criollo 98, uh, Habano, Habano Vuelta Arriba. Habano, there's a section of Pinay de Rio called Habano Vuelta Arriba, Habano Vuelta Abajo, come from Cuba. So I've been to Cuba many times before I was doing cigars. And I just fell in love with the whole thing. And uh, I wanted to, back then I was really, really focused on that, Pinay de Rio. And we were copying Pinay de Rio, the company. I trademarked it. Or like, I, was, I was like, oh, man, I was ever trademarked this? And I, and I launched the company as Pinay de Rio. As things evolve and I matured, I mean, now I'm 45, 46 in two months. And I, when I started, I was 28. 
producing, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So um, things have changed a lot. Yeah. You know, I became a member of Pro Cigar about six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. Um, we're presenting Pro Cigar, uh, a Dominican association, the best producers in the Dominican Republic, and doing the festivals, and people really loving what we're doing. And I got more and more deeper in my, my country, my culture, and our, our heritages of tobacco and what we're about. Uh, Hanky Kellner taught me a lot. Like, he's like, I call him the guru. Like, he's a... Yes. You know, I, like, I told this to, uh, to Greg Matola. I was like, I started listening to the gospel of, of Hanky. That's what I call it. And he always talks about the Indian Tainos, you know, when Christopher Columbus, they taught him, they taught him, they already knew tobacco, they already started, you know, doing pipas, and, and I was like, oh, and I, I learned all this stuff that I didn't know before, because before that, in the Dominican public, there's no books, there's no um, heritage, like, there's no, um, it was like, you know, nobody's really teaching you a lot of this stuff, right. like in the past. So, Especially about tobacco heritage, because like you said, it's all coming from Cuba. It's all coming from Cuba. They came from they came from Cuba to come over here. Exactly. Or so most DR, I should say. Uh, well, DR. So you you see a lot of that things happening. But now it's big enough, or it, it's had a long, has had a long enough longevity that now it's like you said, you're learning about Dominican Republic's role in cigars exactly. and how vast it is and how that changes because, like you said, you can't just take whatever came from Cuba and then replicate it in the DR. It's not going to be the same. The soil's different. The way the tobacco reacts, it's all different. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So now you're learning all this from Hanky. No, it's, it's, it's taking me... I evolved. Right. You learn... You Even my blends have evolved. My cigars and tobaccos have evolved. My flavor profiles have evolved. Before I wanted to do so many things or tobaccos with so many different cigars with so many different seeds and types and... I used to do things with seven and eight different, like half a leaf, half a leaf. Now it's a more, more like stability, complexity, uh, consistency. You know, that's what I focus on now. I love it. You know, and I think people need to. Why you drink the beer that you always drink? Why? Because it's tastes the you same. You know, you know what you're gonna you, get you when get you drink feeling, it. You know, you know the feeling. It's not just the. You know what you're gonna get, but you already have the feeling of it when you pop that beer in the mouth it's like you know that feeling it's like home so that's the thing is if a cigar is always different or changing all the time or just really not comfortable you know you're gonna try it once and then you know maybe twice and then that's it what makes a successful brand is to be consistent to be consistent all the time right you know what I'm saying you have to have consistent tobacco and consistent packaging consistent rolling and that one makes the cigar to last longer and longer and longer why people still buy macadoodles right still tastes the same right from like 25 30 years ago still tastes the same what romeo right still tastes the same you know i know every time i pick up a uh, henry clay i know what i'm getting you know what you're getting every time or every time. saint louis ray saint louis you know what you every get. time every time it doesn't change you know, I think what makes these companies successful is the inventory tobacco and to be able to deliver the same tobacco, the same flavor profile, time after time after time after time. What makes a Padron a Padron? 
Right. You can grab a Patron now and smoke a Patron 10 years from now and it's still the same. You know? Yeah. So that what make, that's, I think that's what makes you a successful brand, to be able to carry that. It took me a while to understand that, to be honest with you, because I just wanted to do so much. I was like a kid in a candy store and I saw all this tobacco and right. and I wanted to play around with so much. And you know, Now, it's about now delivering that, that flavor and in 10 years you smoke it and it's like, yep, that's that 10th or that's 1878 or that's that. It's going to taste the same all the time. So I limited the, the farms. I limited the, the companies I buy to wrappers from. Same people. That's it. Three guys, four guys. That's it. You know, one for Mexico, one for Ecuador, uh, one for Connecticut. Uh, filler, same thing. One guy for filler. That's it. One farmer. That's it. He Love has it. enough diversity for me with different seed types, and that's it. Don't change. Keep it like that. And, and the, when did you start the company? The company actually started before, in 2004. It was called Don Leoncio. So it's like the bar in New Orleans. There's a bar in New Orleans and Canal Street called Don Leoncio. They were my partners, uh, Juan, Luis, Isidoro Rodriguez. There were three brothers. Okay. So I was working for a company called Tinderbox. Tinderbox? Yeah. Yeah. I worked for Tinderbox International. Like, they were the, the big... Not a retail There store. were like over 300 retailers. Yeah, I got to 400 at one point. Over 400 retailers all across the United States. Yeah. They were a big chain. So I, yeah. I helped them. I ran their internet, the warehouse, distribution, and I came in as a programmer. Sure. So I always wanted to get into cigars. I sold cigars in Manhattan. I sold cigars in Massachusetts. I grew up in Mass. Um, you grew up in Massachusetts? Yeah. Salem, Massachusetts. Salem? Yeah. All the okay. witches. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They, love it. They did a witch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I love Boston, by the way. Oh, Boston is great. I mean, I love Boston. I love living in Salem. Uh, I mean, you have Marblehead right there, uh, Swamp Scott right there on the side. Like, every weekend we would be on the beach on a heart, or like walking the, the boulevard over there. It's like, it's awesome, you know. Were you to, born in the DR? No, I was born in Queens, New York. Queens, New York. Yeah. Your parents from the DR? Yeah, my parents from the DR. So, so I left, I left, I was born and I left when I was two, back to the DR, went to Bonau, uh, grew up with my grandparents, he grew tobacco and was a farmer. Okay. And then came back when I was 12, 13 years old to Salem. Got it. Yeah. Spoke no English. Spoke no English. At all. At 12 years old. Yeah. That's got to be hard, man. Yeah, that's hard. How did you learn English? When you come to the United States, uh, a lot of high schools will have uh, English as a second language, ESL class. Yep. So you start with um, a lot of Latinos or Asians or whatever. Funny enough, that, that year was a bunch of uh, Russian Jews that came for, from Croatia or things like that. Sure. Something happened in like Russia. Like a refugee program yeah, it was almost. Like a, so there were, German, there were uh, Russians and like... Filipinos and uh, and Dominicans. It's funny mix, and <laughs> and you know they take you slowly to learn English. Uh, I got to high school and I was able to go full program, half and half, and eventually go straight to. The funny thing enough, when I graduated high school, I was number nine in my class from 285 kids. 
number nine academically. Academically. For a non-English speaking kid. Yeah. That's a huge achievement. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah, and they came up to the, no, I, no, I had too many potheads in my high school class. Oh. <laughs> so the competition pool wasn't very it high. It wasn't that high. <laughs> Trust me, the, the five percentile, we were, we were fighting against each other. The rest didn't care at all. They really? Just, they just smoked, drank a lot of beer, cake stands out on the weekend. I mean, we were in Massachusetts. We got a bunch of, you know, we have forests. Yeah, uh, people go into woods, Gallows Hills, and like a bunch of woods and stuff like that. And like people go up and up in the hill, bring kegs, and like keggers, uh, keggers all parties. the time, partying, drinks every, almost every day, and people just drink and smoke pot all the time up in Mass. Oh yeah, that's the reason. Like when they legalized pot, all my high school friends are like, "Oh my God, thank God!" Like I'm not gonna <laughs> go to jail now. I'm like, I had a Zoom call with my college fraternity, and we just like did a Zoom thing, you know. Yeah, and uh, and and I'm like, they're all most of them live in Massachusetts still, and I'm smoking a cigar. It's like, oh, hey, you know, smoking a cigar, and like half of them are like, you know, blowing smoke. I was like, oh my god, it's like, dude, it's legal now. And like, <laughs> <laughs> we can do this now, yeah, just like this. you're smoking that cigar legally. We can do this. We can do this too. I'm like, like, oh my god, and they can't fire me. I'm like, oh my god, I was like, Jesus Christ, the world has changed. Yeah, the world is changing. The world has changed drastically, man. But, Here it comes. Buckle up. But, yeah, I mean, I did that. I went to work for Tinderbox. Uh, after a while, I learned a lot. And these guys, Juan and Isidoro, I met them when I used to come to DR buying tobacco, buying cigars. Yep. And I was getting to a point. I mean, I was young. I was 29, 27, 28 years old. And they said, you know, I would have three years for Tinderbox already. And they like, come on board. Well, they offered me a partnership, and all I had to do was just teach them. Sure. Because they were rollers, but they didn't know about packaging, marketing, blending, really. They just rolled cigars. Right. Bought tobacco and rolled them. But they didn't understand, like, you needed to give the consumer more than just rolled cigars, you know? Right. So I didn't know. They talked me into it. I left Tinderbox, and I started hustling and I started going down making blends they had a little factory like you know six people in it and that's it and then we grew it and grew it I almost quit like five to six times and then you being, almost quit five to six times yes. what made you want to quit it was a lot of work and and uh, yeah it is a lot of work to start a company it's a lot of work to start a company and in the beginning it's a lot of money yeah and you can lose your shirt like that you know so really um were there multiple times where you're like, dude, I'm losing my shirt. I got to get out. Oh, it's been like three times almost. After I almost quit, it's been like three times, you know, that, that I almost lost my, my the business. I almost went out of, like, something changed, FDA, well, this. Or now things are going up in a boom, you know, so. So multiple times you were thinking, like, I just got to toss the towel in, yeah. take my loss and get out. Yeah. What made you come back to... I'll stick it out. I'll stick it out. I'll stick it three times. You said somebody always pulls, comes in and say, wait it out. You know, Anyone so specific you want to name or no? One guy that really was there for me the whole entire time was a uh, Hochi Blanco. Really? Yeah. He was a, he's always was like a rock for me. Like in a sense of don't throw the towel. You know what I'm saying? I'll help you out advising me. What I was doing wrong, whatever. Um, right. What to fix, what to this and that. 
Um, another person, Hanky. Hanky really like look at things more globally, worldwide. So his thing was more like, you know, don't just focus so much United States, focus on building other markets. So if one market falls, you still are good everywhere else. Right. So my strategy the past like seven, eight years has just been now trying not just be PDR United States, be a global brand. So right. right before the pandemic, you know, we I went to the China Festival. Me, Lito Gomez, Carlito Fuentes, uh, Hoji Blanco, and like China to sell into China, you have to be, you know, assigned. And and there's only they assigned five cigar manufacturers. I'm one of them. Really? But worldwide. So you have the Cubans and only five Dominicans, and that's it. Selling, have a contract to sell into China, and they give you a quota. So the government themselves buy all the cigars, and then they sell it to the shops in mainland China. Wow. So I'm one of five. That would have not happened if I wasn't in Pro Cigar. Sure. Pro Cigar. And the people in it. And the people in it. Have mentored you to keep going. Yes. So things have changed. Financially, we're doing good. Financially, great. I mean, I was scared for a while because of the pandemic, but things bounced back real quick. I'm not producing as much, but I did changes in in the pricing and in everything, so... Now, financially, we're doing well, even if we're producing less. So. Right. Well, that's good. Yeah. You want to sell what you produce, so you're selling more of what you produce yeah. instead of sitting on it. Exactly. Before, I used to sit on it, wait at a lower margin. Now, it's like everything I produce is sold. It's exactly what you want. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, uh, Hochi was a good guy. Hanky was another person. Uh, yeah, when they sit you down like that and they tell you, is there any times where you're just like offended by what they say or is it kind of like you know when you get sat down and they tell you something that it's your time to listen up? Oh yeah. I mean I always listen. I never I've never been a person where But it's kind of prideful, right? Like if somebody's telling you how to correct something that you built, it's like you have to be mature enough to take it. To listen and take that yeah. criticism and move forward with it. Yeah. Cuz it's coming from a good space. Yes. So I mean with them Things have totally changed. My whole company has changed. I'm happier. Uh, they really like guided me much better. Carrillo also, you know, really like focus on this, this, and this, and you'll be great. You know what I'm saying? Even if you make ten thousand cigars a day, you'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so it's like, and that's what I'm doing now. I don't care if I only I make fifteen thousand cigars a day. Okay. I'm it's gonna, not a numbers race. It's not a numbers race. No. Now it's like. It's not about volume anymore. It's about quality now. Yeah. So now we're here. Yeah, it's about quality. Now we're here. Provide quality. Don't provide croquetas. Do quality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't be a Budweiser. Right. Budweiser's already a Budweiser. You know? You know, be uh, Well, you're kind of being Budweiser because you know that every time I pick up this 10th anniversary, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. It's not going to change on me. Mm-hmm. Hey, you cracked a Budweiser and it tastes like an IPA. Whoa. Wrong beer. But that's what I'm focusing on. Thank God. Things are different. Things are better. I love it. There's a huge demand now. Um, I don't know how much longer. I think this whole thing is going to last about two more years. Then things will normalize again. But I think it's changed the culture, how things are. As I think you're right. It's going to be hard for people to go back to going where they were 
because now that it's quality of life now has changed. Right. You know, their quality of life has changed. Now they got now they're dedicating more time, and that's something that Americans were lacking on. You oh, know? huge! Usually, usually Americans didn't have that. Stop! Slow so down. They don't have that. They don't. America, most ninety percent of Americans did not have that until now. Until they were forced to, and now they're like, oh no. I'm, I would, I'd rather work home. I take. I got a cousin of mine that called me up. She's like, oh, I, man, she's in uh, Long Island. She's a graphic designer. She's like, man, I love your life. You go to the beach, you do this, you make cigars, you you know, you work, and then, hey, you feel like taking a day off, that's it. You know, it's like, yeah. And she lives in Long Island, and she works for her company. And, like, they want me to go back to work now in the office. I'm like, all right. How much you get paid? Oh, I get paid like a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's a hundred thousand before tax, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, tell them to pay you eighty thousand as an international contractor. Pay you deposit to a bank account in the Dominican Republic, separate bank account in the Dominican Republic. Now you keep eighty thousand. You're paying for them is less. You're the one paying for, you don't have to pay taxes now because you're independent and tell them you're going to work from home in the Dominican Republic and you pay your own flight maybe once a month to go and see, you know, a week, whatever. Once a, once a month, every two months, if you have to meet the boss or a client or whatever, you come up. Do that. And she did it. She's happy. Wow. Yeah, she did it like six, seven months ago. Like, man, I should have done this a long time ago. She asked Quality of life, man. Quality of life. Quality of life. So much, uh, like you spoke about Rami and Fouad. Yeah. Um, Fouad said the Mason code is kind of God first, family second, then business. Exactly. And Americans flip the last two all the time. It's business and family last. That's and if you flip those two, can get real hairy quickly. Exactly. Americans no matter what your family's like, you know, family might just be you. But like you said... Are you happier? You know, if you if you always put your job first and not you and what you want to do in, in certain situations, you're not going to be happy. It's like that phrasing of uh, you you know live to work or work to live. Right. Which one would you rather? Yeah. You know? I'd rather live to work. I'd and I live do to live work. to work. <laughs> yeah. I know, love it. you got to do what you love. you got to get what work. But it shouldn't be all about work and, and killing yourself. And then spending a little time. Maybe once a year you could take a five-day vacation. No, right. It's insane. I remember working for a software company. I worked in .com. I worked for, like, um, pets.com like when it came out. I yep. worked in a whole .com boom. I did all that stuff. They worked my ass. I had, like, no time. When I worked at Tinderbox, I worked almost seven days a week. Building code all the time. Managing the, managing the site. I had no time at all. At all. Now, I got time. Right. I got time. Quality of life. It's quality of life. Quality of life. That's more important. In the end, I think it's better. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, what? At the end of uh, life, you go, shoot. You can have all the millions of dollars. When you die, you think you could take you them with you? You got nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I used to be a funeral director, and uh, they always said, there's... There's no hitch on the back of the hearse with a trailer. At all? None. Nothing. It's no trailer on the back of it. There's no hitch. No. Nothing's coming behind us. It's just you and the ground. 
That's what's next. So you can bust your ass. Why you want to kill yourself so much working, 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 working? Right. And try to get all this stuff and all this, all these things and millions and millions of dollars or whatever. Or just be rich or whatever. And when you die, you, got, you can't take none of it. No. Enjoy life. Take a vacation. Right. Do this. Hit the globe and go, oh, England? I'm going to go. Do it. See the world. Experience something. Most Americans don't have passports. That drives me insane. Really? Like, uh, like most Americans don't have passports at all. When I hear that, it's like, I don't have a passport. I'm like, you don't have a passport? How you don't have a passport? You know? Do you travel globally often? Yeah, yeah. You try to get out? Yeah, I like traveling. It gives uh, you a different frame of reference for yeah. how people live. Like, when I went to Spain, loved it. Siestas in the afternoon when yes. it's really hot. Yes. Going back. They go back to work we at went two, to dinner three. at 9.30 and no one was out. I was like, where is everyone? I'm like, oh, they're not coming until 11. Yeah. Maybe midnight. Yeah. We would walk into restaurants and I would think, this place is not making any money. We'd be going back to Packed. go to bed. Packed. Packed. Yeah. And that's like their appetizer, the tapas bars. Yeah. I'm like, are they going to go out and have another meal after this? They're like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you start lunch at 2. Yeah. Lunchtime is 2 o'clock. 2 to 5. Yeah, 2 to 5. 2 to 5. That's a big lunch so hour. So you're going to eat, go home, pass out, go back to work at 5. Right. Yeah, then you can go to work until 9 or 8, whatever, 3 yeah. more hours, boom, boom, and then go. Go home. Go home, and then you have dinner at like 10 to 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, and you, you don't get, start till 10 o'clock in the morning. And you don't start working until 10 o'clock in the morning. Tell you that's life. I love it. I, I mean, I love Spain. Spain is great. Italy, oh my god. Italy? Oh, that's where I'm gonna move. Yeah. I'm gonna retire in, in Florence. That's my goal. I love it. I love Florence. What do you like so much about Italy? The people are great. I just love the wine. I love the cheese, and they just like so happy and like so like, you know, so loving and stuff like that. Like you just meet an Italian on the streets and like hey. It's like, here's this go, oh, grazie. You know, like, they're like, you know, like, oh, come here. And like, oh, come to my house. And like, they open the door and like, yeah, yeah. And like, f feed you. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I just gave you a cigar. I don't even know you and I, I just met you. you. I just met you. Like, you're friends for life. Right. Every person I met in Italy, we're friends for life. I'm like, huh. call me up. They send me texts. Hey, you don't call me. You don't love me. I'm like, I just met you. I'm like, <laughs> like, that's how they get. Like, they're very clingy. They're just friendly. You know, you don't get I love that, that here. You know? I lived in our apartment in New York, and like, like I barely saw my neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you see each other. Hey, good morning. Yeah. Who uh, are you? Who are you? I live in the same building as you, sir. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that you don't do that. You know. Right. You go to it Italy. These cobblestone streets in Florence. You know, like you know, see these little bars and like the apartments and stuff. All the neighbors will like, get together, like sit in front, and, like you know, it's like it's like Spanish Harlem with all the Dominican stuff. Like it's like very close to my culture. You know? Yeah, and I like it. They're all sitting together, and, like just smoking cigarettes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like drinking little beers, and like and all of the whole neighborhood is like right there. And like I like that. You know, and Spain's the same way. Feel like that. You know, so I just like that culture. Like yeah, that. You know, and I just I know I just love Florence. For me, Florence is the. Shit. I just love it. Abe will be in Florence, Italy by the time he's retired. Yes. I love it. Hopefully. Or maybe before. Uh, maybe I'll, before. I'll be there soon, but yeah. I got to go. There you do go. some events, so. Awesome. 
anything that we should be looking for from PDR? Or is it basically just look for the consistency in our blends and try the next one that, try that comes the next across? PDR. If you haven't tried PDR, try it again. Revisit a PDR. It's going to be a whole different profile. Um, it's not the PDR that you used to smoke 15 years ago. So it's a different PDR. We're all different now. So It definitely is. It's a different PDR, and I love it. And I appreciate you telling the story and having being a little vulnerable yeah. on the maturity that you've gone through. It's, all of us go through it. We all go through it. Yeah. Maturity in life. I think you don't really become really who you are until you're between 20s and 40s. It's such a pivotal time for you to start shaping who you are and picking up things that you want to change about yourself. Make yourself better. Thanks, Tom. So... 20 years in the business already? Yes. 20 plus? About 18 now. 18? Yeah. So you still got some life in you to, to create some great cigars for us? Yeah, I still got life. Hell yeah. Yeah. If God wills it, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Pick up a PDR cigar. If they want to know more about your blends, is it PDRcigars.com? Yes, it is. PDRcigars.com. Ask your local retailer. They're probably in there. You just glanced over them. Or you need to revisit it because you had an old PDR and now it's all different. So, Abe, I appreciate you coming, sitting down, talking with me, telling me your story, and just having a good time smoking a cigar and telling stories. Thank you very much for having me, my friend. Yeah, man. I hope you all learned a little bit because Abe has a lot of wisdom to share. And as always, protect your cigars with Bovida. There's no better way to just simply smoke cigars, enjoy cigars, and forget about maintaining them. Go to bovidainc.com if you need anything, pdrcigars.com. This is wrapping it up, another great episode. Thank you for joining us.